Dr. Uh, Marianne, she just is amazing and um, just such a support. And the work that she's doing in Step by Step um, is just been amazing because there's so much sacrifice in this work. There's so much that has been poured into this work. There's so much, um, you know, intent that has been put in to make sure that something can be delivered at a quality level for all of our kids and communities near and far. So I just don't want to, you know, negate the opportunity to be able to um, edify her and the work that she does. The same person you see in these 15 minutes that is passionate about the program is the same person who assesses the kids, tutors, teaches she teaches tutors, teachers, teachers, just all this, the same person, right? It's the same love and, and, and passion. And the thing that you mentioned at the beginning that you empower um, and, and encourage, I think is so powerful because I think it speaks to who you are as a person and that that's the part that people should connect to. And that's the part that people should realize needs the sponsoring and the support to continue this work in the world. So continue to do an amazing job. I um, stand for you and I just, you know, support you as much as, you know, as we can. Hi, thanks for tuning in to our Dyslexia Solutions podcast. I'm Dr. Marianne Sintron, founder of Step-by-Step Dyslexia Solutions. So I bring peace to parents by helping their dyslexic children read so that we can build their self-esteem, help them unlock their genius minds, and allow them to achieve success in school and in life. So the reason for this podcast is to interview parents of dyslexic children And we interview dyslexic adults. And I also talk from my heart. And the reason this podcast is important is we want to raise awareness of what dyslexia is so that you have knowledge because knowledge is power. And we want to let you know that you're not alone in your situation. So thanks again for tuning in. And here we go with our special guest for the day. So let me introduce you to Lisa Fisher. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. That was great. That was great. That's right. I, that most talkative award was only used the year I was a senior in high school, and they retired it after that because they really couldn't find anyone else to fulfill the oh, obligation and the, the weight of being most talkative from that high school. So it, it has described my career very well. I, I like to unlock the genius of the dyslexic child. And let people see that the brilliance is there. We have to build those kids' self-esteem so that we can unlock their brilliant minds. But let's um, tell the people a little bit about you before we start talking about what you did to help your daughter. Hey, I'm a longtime TV and radio broadcaster and a journalist. I've always asked a lot of questions. Um, that's kind of that the code of journalism is to be inquisitive. Of course, it has annoyed every teacher, every group I've been in, every, every meeting I've been to, because I always had a question because I'm, I'm a constant student. In fact, right now I'm a health coaching student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, because even at my age, I'm still learning. And, but I now know that I have some learning 
difficulties. I didn't really have a true diagnosis because I think we've come such a long way. But in my career, as I've been on TV and radio since the 80s, I was always better if I didn't have to read the teleprompter. If you would just tell me what you want me to tell the audience. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know that probably fell under an umbrella of a learning I don't know if the word disability, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter what the label is. I worked around it. So I, God did gift me with this loquacious mouth and the ability to communicate. So if you tell me, I can get it to the people. And that's why I've loved radio for so long. Um, TV, I would just go, oh, don't make me say those words. Part of it is my brain, my eyes have trouble tracking. A teleprompter moves fast and I can't use my finger Mm-hmm. If I, I remember I, I homeschooled my children and I would take my finger underneath and I remember my son who's now an engineer like he was seven or eight he'd go you don't have to do that for me I go no I'm doing it for me <laughs> but he knew that you know when they're young you put you follow the word act bat well I said I do it for me so I, I probably have something under that umbrella that probably relates to tracking and my eyes uh, staying focused. I am super ADD, but again, I use all that for my advantage. Like none of that is it. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to say disability because those are my abilities, right? My disability is that I hate math. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's y'all's disability because I don't have to deal with it. (laughs) So, you know, I just use, and same thing with my children. They, because I did homeschool for 15 years And that first one was the one who read young, very verbal, good handwriting. I go, well, this is easy. Pat myself on the back. I got this down. Isn't that something? And then the next one was the one who's an engineer, very visual engineers, but not as good. He he wasn't with details, got him tested at about 17. And he fell under an umbrella of with a reading disability. Hmm. And I, I remember when he went to college, he, he got a full ride to LSU as an engineer. And I, I got him a combination. When he got that testing, he got more time on the ACT yeah. and his score came up. In reading, he would have a score like at about 19, but math and science, he was 32 and 33. We do ACT here, not SAT as much in Arkansas. Okay. So the ACT goes to 36. And so 32, 33, those are the highest scores in the country. But his reading was low, like, and it would bring the whole score down. And I'd, he was in high school then. I didn't homeschool him because he played football in high school. <clears throat> and I took him to a PhD and had him assessed. And she said, this is pretty typical of some, he can, again, he had hyper ability in one area and maybe that disability. But once he got the accommodations, he brought the score up and was able to get that full ride. But when he went to LSU, I said, you know, you can use this now in college. He had never used the accommodations. My other two kids did. They're like, I'm riding this for all it's worth, sister. He said, no, well, he goes, I'm embarrassed. They'll think I'm dumb. I go, do you think in a a population of 30,000 students, they're thinking twice about you? No, nobody cares. And I went, clearly you're an engineering student far from dumb. So it's it's the stigma that he had to rise above. Whereas my other two used it as part of their tool chest, using the more time, um, getting get maybe note takers and different things. It depends to, to the degree. My youngest child was the one that we noticed did, you know, I was homeschooling her. We were in second, she was in second grade. I was sitting on the sofa. We we're going back over that reading. And yeah, I used BAT, but act. 
I was like, come on, put it all together. And she'd say, cupcake. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd go, yeah, I'd go, where yeah. did she? But she'd look at the word, the pictures on the page. Mm. And I was like, wow, this, you're really good because you're convincing that she was trying, you know, because the thing about teaching a child to read young, but there's a bat somewhere in the picture, right? right? So she did then start putting that together. So it it took a minute, but as her mother, I knew in my heart, something wasn't right. I knew with her speech, something wasn't right. The way she would get words twisted um, and just some other things. And so I read the gift of dyslexia. Is that the yes, book? It is. And that's, it's the big book. Um, and I read it and wept and said, Oh my gosh, I got it. But I, I knew I wasn't equipped. I'm good at a lot of things, but I knew I wasn't equipped. So we had a call in outside help and that totally changed her career and path. And she's a great student now. It's amazing. There is a very unique approach to teaching dyslexic children. And I share this. I have these free webinars once a month and the next one's coming up. <laughs> but I share about dyslexia, what it looks like for kids in the reading and the writing. And I share the unique um, approach of multisensory, the reading program where you're using the visual auditory, you're speaking and it's hands-on. And this really works for all kids, but the dyslexic child really needs it. But there's, there's a strategy to learning it. And some of the colleges are char charging about $40,000 to send someone to college to learn how to teach it. And that just blows me away because, so I developed a reading program, step-by-step -step reading, and we use music. But I can train a retired teacher, a substitute teacher, a college intern. I can train them in a day and I can offer them support because I give them the, like in your nutrition, there's the keys to teaching reading. And we're seeing kids make one to three year gains in only six weeks. Unbelievable. And, you know, I, I use the analogy that my kids wanted me to go to CrossFit. And okay, I tried it for a week or two. That's awful. It wasn't for me. No. Oh. And so I had a trainer for several months before COVID. In, you know, before COVID, I had to stop that. But what really helped me start losing weight was when I cut out my white flour, cut out my sugar, the processed foods, weighed my food, had three meals a day. So there's those nuts and bolts that work, right? And that's what my reading program is. I mean, I had two masters and I, that's when I learned about dyslexia, when I was learning my, earning my second masters. And so I don't think people have to go back to school and get what is like another credential. And I, because I'm in the practicum for Orton Gillingham and that's to bring, someone gave me a scholarship so I could be in this practicum, be sure that my program was taught with fidelity and it is spot on. And I'm so excited even more that's because great. of it. So we can train people faster with, with dyslexic people being one in five. We're not going to help all of our kids if we don't try to get this taught faster. So anyway, I wanted to ask you some of the challenges that you had help getting your daughter the help in school. Well, we couldn't find it in school. And that's why I did homeschool her till she went to the ninth grade. Um, so I found a reading tutor. I remember my husband, my husband thinks I am, you know, Goliath that I could, you know, strong. I do. He thinks I can figure everything out. So I remember telling him, I, I remember calling him on the phone and said, we, we got a problem. I said, we have a second grader who can't read. 
And I said, she's going to have to get some outside help. He goes, honey, you read all the books, go read a book and fix this. He's like, how much is this going to cost? I go, it's a lot. You know, she had to meet with her for twice a week for 40 minutes. And it may have been $10,000. I mean, if I'm just doing numbers and he said, $10,000. I said, how much is that boat you want? He went, all right, got it. So she went twice a week and um, that lady really unlocked some things for her. Uh, Words were a mystery until that time. And so she was able to see that be act. But what she saw, and again, every brain is different. Um, That teacher used little bitty cards about this big. And it was a picture of a man's mouth going, you know, F was, well, we lied to her all those years because we told her it was A, B, C, D, E, F, G. G doesn't make G. H doesn't make, I mean, if you look at it from her That's point really of view. Point. Yeah. And that lady said, if she ever ran for office, that was going to be her entire platform. We were going to change the alphabet song to A-B-C-D-F-G. <laughs> and so once my daughter saw the pictures that B, it was B, A, T. And then her brain remembered that. Then. Yeah, she sailed through and she caught up. So second grade was not reading. We w- met with that lady about 10 months or a year. I held her back in second grade because I was homeschooling her. It doesn't matter. You know, what? it doesn't really matter to homeschoolers what grade you're in. It's just everybody asks, what grade is she in? Yeah. But I held her back and I every all of my children needed a little more maturity before they went to college. It has not hurt them that my son too, he didn't start college. He started college at 19. I held him back because it took, he was just, I just, I'm their mother. I know these things. And so when she caught back up, she picked up three or four grades. So she was then in second grade again, and then probably reading on a third, fourth grade level. I mean, she was moving up from, from nothing, Dr. Cintron, nothing. Yes. And then moving to that because that was her other thing was, and we still kind of tease her about these because they're funny. Um, now she's an adult living in Dallas and also in that health coaching school. That's why I did it. Cause she used it. I was like, Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Cause she likes learning, uh-huh. but um, hearing her say words that she would get confused. Like she'd say, well, he's in the hospital. And I go hospital. She'd go, well, that's what I said. <laughs> so I thought it was her hearing and uh-huh. it's not her hearing. It was the brain, way her brain separated things out. <laughs> and then I was like, I got it now. So we still kind of tease her about some of them just so she not in a, you know, not to embarrass her, but right. just that how far she's come. But knowing that she still has that little girl inside of her, she still sometimes will look at a word and it takes her, her she goes back to her, how she learns, because she learns differently. She uses her way to learn it. And then, you know, words that are from four syllables, especially were the ones that she had, because she had to go back. We went back to that reading tutor about fifth grade when they get multisyllabic words. Like Hangerburger? So she, yeah, right. Like that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's nice to get that intervention young. And the research shows that the kids aren't reading at grade level by fourth grade. That's the beginning of fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Those are the kids at risk of dropping to drop out of high school they're, and so they're either two thirds of those kids will either go into prison or be on welfare. And so people can't understand how can they make three year gains in like six weeks? And that was four or five days a week. But the thing is, once they get it, once they figure it out, they catapult. It's, it's learning 
what works. And so in grades one, two, and three is when, for second and third grade, is when we learn to read. And then in fourth grade, they should be reading to learn. And so we're doing, we're doing our teachers at fourth grade and above such a disservice by sending them kids that don't know how to read. Oh, it's and, awful. Yeah, but that's some, so- like my daughter, okay. though, when she got evaluated, that's why the lady said, or the lady, I'm sorry, the lady who was our intervention specialist, she said, oh, she would have been overlooked had she been in public private school because she said she she's seeing the pictures and she goes, it would have shown up at fourth or fifth grade. And she goes, by then you are treading water yes. to stay up. If you're then learning to read in fifth grade and that lady told us, she goes, it happens all the time yeah. because some kids are overlooked because their handwriting's good and they're sitting in attention and she didn't have any ADD or anything that would make a teacher think, well, you're at risk. She was no, no risks. The little child, then was she ended up being quiet? Yeah, she is kind of quiet. Yeah. I I mean, when your mother is this, remember, I did win most talkative. So when your mother's (laughs) most talkative, it's kind of hard to compete. But yeah, she is quiet and works real hard. So, um, but ended up getting a really good scholarship to Texas Christian University because she took those accommodations. She is a good communicator, good speaker, good writer. And she used what's in her tool chest to help equip her. And, you know, that's one thing I also share is college was for me. I was an academic nerd, I guess, getting two, mm-hmm. two credentials, two masters, and then a doctorate. Mm-hmm. But it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But if a, if a dyslexic person wants to go to college, we can get them accommodations. They have to be assessed, mm-hmm. but that'll give them more time on a test. Or they won't have to keep answering the same question if, if they had another question that was similar and they showed that they understood it. Or they could even do their tests orally. Oh, those accommodations are lifesavers. I wish parents really would push for that. And I wish schools did have a more affordable way. Our our health insurance did cover that exam because ADD was involved and that was under the mental health umbrella for that. Um, But it's an expensive test. But we were able to bring the cost down to maybe a buck and a half, maybe 150. But still, for a lot of families, that may be cost prohibitive. But it was the very thing because, again, she didn't look like, I mean, she could get by with things, but she would say, I really have to have more help. I, I'm going to need more time. I need it orally. I need someone to take notes for me. You know, now there was even a pen that would take the notes in college and some other things. So that really, really helps these kids. That's great. There's a reading pen. They could hover yes. a pen over the words and it'll read it to them. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, we do have to wrap up this interview. What would be some closing words you'd have for our audience? Be an advocate for your child. You as a parent know your child more than anybody. And if you see something's not right, it's not a failure on your part. In fact, it's a victory that you're fighting for your child. Fight for your children. And tell them again how to go to your podcast. My podcast is the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast and search for it wherever you get your shows. I had Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman on recently and all of Social media has blown up. Oh, she's just delightful. I met her years ago at an event and we've kept in touch. So that was really a lot of fun. But I like talking to people just like me and you, just moms, wives, friends, you know, just going through life and locking arms and saying we can do this. 
That's wonderful. I just, I made some of Lee Drummond's recipes for Thanksgiving or for Easter. <laughs> oh yeah, I did too. Oh, I, I do them all the time. Yeah. She has a new cookbook coming out called Super Easy. So it's going to be super easy. She said, and we're all going to love it. Okay. A, a new plug for Lee Drummond, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Pioneer woman. So okay, audience, I want to thank you for listening in and we'll have to have Lisa back at another time and, and ask, get some more information from her. This has been really fun for us. So again, I'm Dr. Marianne Cintron with Step-by-Step Dyslexia Solutions. If what we have shared has inspired you, please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation to help these podcasts go forward. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye now. for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Cintron. Thank you again for tuning in and may God bless you.